Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles will show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-use styles. Since having kids, I have kind of lost my personal style and I'm using Armoire to help me find it again while trying out different brands and styles without having to add more physical stuff to my wardrobe. And I have a few events that are coming up that I know I am going to want some fancier items to wear than the items that I own. And I don't really want to go shopping for items that are going to sit in my closet without being worn after that one day. I hate the waste that that creates and I love that Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for any occasion and then send it back. I'm just really grateful that I have Armoire to help me dress for the occasion without having to add something to my closet permanently that I know I'm only gonna be wearing once. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armwire.style slash minimalish. That's armwire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash minimalish to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armwire today. Before we get started, I want to tell you about one of today's sponsors. Book of the Month is something I discovered that is a fun way to discover new books every month that I probably wouldn't have stumbled upon on my own. So Book of the Month is a curated book subscription that offers five new and early release books to choose from each month. They vet them from hundreds of books each month. And while I personally keep a pretty long book list that I want to get to for nonfiction books, what I love about Book of the Month is it's a helpful way for me to discover new fiction books. And fiction is the type of reading that truly relaxes me, but oftentimes I just don't know what to read next. With Book of the Month, members can choose up to three books each month. It's a great way to branch out into new genres, new styles, and many members say that they wouldn't have tried a certain new book if it weren't for Book of the Month's featured books. I absolutely love the fact that Book of the Month supports up-and-coming authors. One book that I'm most excited about for May's pick is called The Book of Longings. It's historical fiction, which is a genre I tend to enjoy, and it just looks really interesting. Book of the Month is commitment-free, so you can skip any month that you want. Your first month's book is going to be just $9.99 if you use the code MINIMALISH. So head to bookofthemonth.com and use code MINIMALISH to get your first month's book for $9.99. This is Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and before we get started, let me be clear. This podcast isn't just about minimalism. It's a podcast about living fully. Over the past few years, I've learned that living with a little less in our homes and on our calendars leads to less cluttering up our minds, which simply helps give us the space to give our time and thoughts to the things that actually matter. So what do we talk about on here? We talk about minimalism and decluttering and how to get there, yes, but we also have conversations about pursuing intentionality in the things that matter, like our motherhood, faith, relationships, work, and mindset. Minimalish is a podcast for the women committed to contentment and loving the life in front of them, committed to living with a little less so they can create space for the things that matter most. What it's not about, how many spoons you should have, or any kind of rules or legalistic minimalism that 
get rid of more stuff. Getting rid of stuff isn't what will make you happy. It's about the life you live with the new space you find. If that sounds good to you, grab a mug of whatever you like and stick around. I'm so grateful you're here. Hi friend, welcome back to Minimalish. This is episode 81. I'm your host Desiree and I'm so excited to share this one with you today. I'm talking with Rachel Macy Stafford, who is the hands-free mama. She's a New York Times bestselling author, a mom, and a certified special education educator. And we're talking about some topics today that I personally consider very important when it comes to intentional living, especially as parents, but just as people in general. We're going to dive in today to the relationship between authenticity and being our authentic selves and our ability to connect with others and provide a safe space for others, especially when it comes to our children or children in general. They don't even have to be your children. Maybe you're a teacher or you work with kids in some way. When I first started diving into Rachel's newest book, which is called Live Love Now, I knew I had to have her on the show because this book just covers such important topics when it comes to how we connect with our kids and how we connect with one another. We really are diving into some of the biggest stressors that our children feel, especially when it comes to school-age children and teenagers. So if you are a parent of a school-age child or a teenager, definitely listen in. But either way, I think that this conversation is going to encourage you, especially as we really dive into what it looks like to connect to our authentic selves and what it looks like to find that person. So with that said, let's just dive right in to my conversation with Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you just about the work that you do. And today we're going to really focus in on, on what you're talking about in your newest book, which is just, I mean, I, can, I feel like I can't really sum it up with just one, one line. And I think we're going to mm. dig into a lot. But before we get to that, could you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure, I would love to. Um, so my background is in special education, and that's what I spent a good chunk of my um, life doing, teaching kids with emotional uh, issues. And then, uh, which is part of the book, but I, I finally answered a calling that was in my heart for many, many decades, and that was to be a writer. And so that's what I've been doing the last nine years is my dream of being an author and writing about uh, kind of like how, how do we overcome the distractions that are keeping us from not only connecting to each other, but connecting to our own hearts. And how do we respond to ourselves, to our loved ones in ways that create acceptance and belonging and fuel us rather than shame us or cause us to give up. And so that's kind of what I've dedicated my life to is that process. Um, I call it going hands-free and it's not just literally letting go of things that distract you, but also figuratively like the, the internal obstacles and, and trying to overcome those that we can reach each other and reach our hearts. 
I love this work that I do. I love the people that it connects me with. I love talking to you today and your listeners. And so I'm just really excited to share about this book. Yeah, I I have loved really digging into all that you do. And I originally reached out to you because I have been thinking a lot about technology and and that distraction mm-hmm. in our lives. And I know that that's something that you wrote about yes. a while ago. But yes. when I saw your new book that is coming out, I just thought, you know, this is this just goes even deeper. And yeah. it like you said, it, it gets into the the external and the internal distractions yes. that keep us from truly prioritizing our relationships with our people and, and each other. So let's talk a little bit about your book, um, okay. which is called Live Love Now. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me a little bit about like, who you wrote it for, why you wrote it, anything like that? Mm-hmm. I would love to. Um, so as I mentioned, you know, my dream was to be an author it took me out of the classroom and I did really miss that was the part of teaching, not so much, you know, the, the lesson planning and the IEPs and things that I had to write, but I missed talking to kids and I miss connecting with kids. Um, I taught high school for a while in elementary and just felt like they had so much to share and offer us as adults. Um, you know, because they, they're looking at the world through fresh eyes. And so when I got to get back to the classroom as an author, which was something I didn't expect to happen, but I had written three books and I told my publisher, you know, I really want to step back from writing and I just want to spend time connecting and doing more speaking events and things. So that brought me back to the classroom and I felt like that was a really good opportunity to connect with kids living in today's world, which is much different than what I grew up in and find out, you know, what's, what's on their hearts and uh, what's, what are things that adults need to know? And I asked them a question, visit after visit and collected over hundreds of these cards. But I asked them, if you could give the world one message, what would it be? And I honestly did not think they would all take it seriously. I thought, mm, we'll see what happens. And it was incredible because those kids were so engaged in sharing their message, that one message. They filled the front, the back. They were so honest, so authentic, so truthful that I would sit in my car after the presentation reading them and I would just cry because they just wanted someone to see them and see what they were struggling with. And someone asked and they just let it out. And so it came, it became pretty clear to me after about a year and a half of those visits that I really needed to amplify their voices. And because I had a platform and I had the writing skills, I just felt like that was really my calling and what I was here to do. And those index cards, when I started organizing them by themes, those made up my six chapters of the book that um, describe the stressors that our kids are dealing with and how adults can respond and become 
the guides and the supporters and the encouragers that our kids need now. I am a former teacher. I was a middle school teacher, school English teacher. So I mm. definitely could see that, that, you know, when kids are given the space and they pour out their hearts, we can really see that there are so many stresses. I mean, just from being within the school system, so many things that that push on them. Yes. And a lot of times, you know, I can see how as parents or just even as adults who are connected, it's, it's not just parents, adults who are connected with kids in some way, we might not notice that like it's coming at them from all angles. So exactly. I love that you, you give those different perspectives and, and just those different stressors space in the book. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we are going to get to the idea of the pressures um, in a little bit. And because I think that that's so important that anyone listening hears that anyone who is especially, you know, connected to kids in any area of their life. But first I want to um, talk to you a little bit about this idea that you talk about in your book. And it was a breath of fresh air for me when I read it, just that we don't have to be perfect parents to raise compassionate, capable adults. That's pretty much a quote from the intro of your book. So could you um, talk about what have you found are some of the most important things that we can do as parents to connect mm -hmm. with our kids? If it's not about perfection, what are the things yeah. that we can do? That quote, um, that it's not necessary to be a perfect parent, to raise a capable and resilient adult, um, you know, that, that came through years of, of pain and torment and desolation, you know, thinking that I needed to be the one with all the answers, that I had to put on this facade, that this was all going great. And the truth is, behind closed doors, I was not the parent and the mother and the human being that I wanted to be. Because when you're living a life that is inauthentic to who you are and you're thinking everything has to look perfect you're putting a mighty big burden on your back that it's it's not possible to exist that way and so it's got to come out somewhere your stress and that pressure it comes out somewhere and in my case i was extremely hard on my firstborn daughter natalie i realized one day when I blamed her for something and she couldn't, you know, even defend herself because she knew I was going to just believe the worst because that was who I was behind closed doors. I, I went to her room and I said something that I've never said to anyone in my life. And that was, I am mean to myself inside and then I'm mean to you and I want to stop and I don't want to be this way and I'm sorry. And I don't know how, but I'm going to pray that I can change. Mm. And to see that truth it, hanging out there like that and watching her response. She was seven. She did not cry. She did not cower. She, did, she didn't look scared. She looked hopeful. Like my mom is telling me this really honest truth about what she's doing to me. Because my seven-year-old, she knew I was being mean to her. Yeah. And to say, I'm being mean to you and it's not right and I'm going to change and I don't know how, that's a defining moment because 
then you put it out there and then you can take steps to change. But the worst is when you know you're doing damaging things and you keep pushing it away and you don't want to face that pain. Some of the greatest catalysts in my life for change have been when I faced a pain, a painful truth, and I let it enlighten me and guide me. And I realized by modeling this, what I call truth teller role in my daughter's life, I'm allowing her to live authentically, to stumble and fall and get back up and say, hey, this is part of being human. And I'm going to keep showing up as myself so I can truly connect with others. Because if you think about it and you're wearing 10 masks and you're not who you really feel you want to be, you're not living the life you really want to live, you are not connecting with anybody. You're not getting that feeling of being alive. Like I, I have a purpose in this world and this is what I'm here to do. And I'm not expected to do it perfectly. I'm just expected to show up. And as a result, she's 16 now and she's lived with a mother who realized I don't have to be perfect. I just need to show up and show her how to live my truth. And that invites her to live her truth. And so that is really one of the best gifts we can give our children, especially in this day and age where everything is filtered and everything is, looks perfect on the outside. And we're, we feel like we should do this and we should do that. And your, your truth gets buried and the, the path to success is narrow. It's, this is what the educational system says is, is success, or this is what my mom and dad say is success. But what, what do the kids say is what brings meaning to their lives. And that was when I was in the classroom hearing what is meaningful to them. What are their dreams? That gave me so much hope, but on the same breath, they said, but I'm not able to do that because my parents won't let me. My parents want me to do this. And so that's why this book and my own painful truths that I've overcome and and used as catalysts for change, I hope it's going to help someone say, ooh, I didn't realize this is what I was doing to my child or to myself. I didn't realize that the reason I'm saying this is because I'm scared of fear. I'm fearing rejection. So see, that's, that's why you start becoming a truth teller because then you can look in and say, okay, wow, that's not comfortable to admit that, but now I can see how this is sabotaging my life. And then you can begin to make small changes because that's what this book has 25, 30 little tiny small changes you can make today that will create big ripples of peace and invitations to start coming as we are to this precious life that we have. Yeah. I, I love that you talk about this idea of authenticity and just the fact that that has made all the difference for you as you uh-huh. parented and it you've seen it make a difference for your kids and i think it's just you know i am definitely early on in my parenting journey but i i've had these moments of reflection too of just realizing that if i want her 
to love herself. If I want her to feel like she, you know, has the freedom to, to choose what, what she wants to do mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and to step into her purpose, then I have to believe that about myself. And yes, it's so interesting how, I don't know, I think for some reason as parents, we think that we have to put on this front to our kids sometimes of, okay, I need to pretend like I have it all together. I need to pretend like yes. I know all the rules and I follow them well and everything. And, and that doesn't necessarily, because it's not true, because it's not true, it doesn't, it doesn't give ourselves permission to be real. And it, it often will not give our kids permission to, to be real and truly yes. themselves. Well, and that's such a good point that you have a little two-year-old and you're already being aware of letting her say, this is what I need, or this is what I choose, because that's part of building already what you're doing is you're building that belief in her inner voice, that she knows what she needs. The world is going to try to tell her what she needs or what she should do, but she's going to know, my mom, listen to me. My mom told me that I do know what I need and what makes me feel comfortable and what makes me feel alive. And that's so important to to cultivate that belief that your voice matters because then you can speak up for the things that you feel are right for your life. And, you know, here I have a 16-year-old who I've tried over the last, nine years to really validate when she says, I don't feel like I can go to swim practice tonight because I, I really feel like I need to study. Now, before I had transformed into a truth teller, I might've said, you know, your coach is expecting you. You've got to go to practice. This is what you've got to do. But now I'm saying, listen to that, Natalie. You know what you need to do. And people might think, oh my gosh, but then my kid's going to go crazy and start doing all the things they're not supposed to do. Trust me when I say that when you validate your child and you listen to them and you, you hear them when they say, this is what I need and this is what I think I should do, you are supporting that voice of their knowing, their inner knowing that will serve them well through their life. And you're saying, I trust you to make a good decision. Now, yes, our kids are sometimes not going to make good decisions. And there's going to be times where we're going to need to step in and say, "I, I trusted that you would do this and this is what you did. Now, how are we going to write this course? And so, yes, that's a reality. They're kids, they're teenagers, they're growing, they're learning. But as often as we can, let's make it a point to listen to when they, when they speak and say, you know, I hadn't thought about that. Um, that is doing them the greatest service for figuring out what is a meaningful life. Because I read more cards than I want to read from teenagers that said, I feel hopeless. It doesn't matter what I say. No one's listening. I feel like my life doesn't have purpose. You know, nobody wants that for their kid. And they don't quite 
realize sometimes the things that they're doing are undermining that voice of authenticity, authenticity and that voice of purpose and meaning and figuring out what is your path, not, not what does your school want you to do, not what does mom and dad want you to do, but what do you feel like your place is in this world? And I'm watching that with both of my daughters, 13 and 16, because I'm a micromanager. I, I'm a controller. That, that is my fiber. Mm. But I saw what that was doing, and I tried so hard to become aware of the things that I was doing that were sabotaging their path. And now that I'm learning and I'm trying to step back and listen and learn and let them lead, they are doing things that I could never imagine a 13 and a 16-year-old could do. So there is great benefit in learning this new way of parenting because it's, it's not the authoritarian style. It's not, I have all the answers, I'm going to tell you what to do. That does not work in this day and age. Now, it's the role of truth teller, encourager, and guide, which is what my whole book um, outlines, those three new roles. Yeah, and I it it puts so much more freedom for for us and freedom for our kids to kind of yes. lower lower the pressure, lower the expectations because mm-hmm. they are getting those things from the outside world too. And if we can make it so that they're not experiencing such pressures and such stress from inside the home, I think that that would make such a big difference. Um, and as you have said, you've seen that difference within within your kids. Um, Absolutely. I hope you're enjoying today's episode, but I'm excited to quickly take a break and share with you some of the sponsors that are making today's episode possible. I'm so excited to share with you about Little Passports. One thing that I am extremely intentional about as a former teacher and as a parent is keeping learning fun. Children naturally love to learn, but I've seen that sometimes through textbooks and worksheets and other ways that we force learning on them, it can squelch their passion for learning. So this is why I love Little Passports because they bring learning to life through play. Little Passports is a subscription box of educational toys and games that are specifically chosen to an age-appropriate theme and to help your children learn about the world around them. The Little Passports box is delivered right to your door every month and each package contains hands-on learning for kids three and up. The Early Explorers box is the one that we'll be trying over here, but you can feed your kids inner scientists with the Science Expeditions Pack, which is full of experiments to try, like making their own slime. Little Passport's subscription box is award-winning, and it has the parent-tested, parent-approved seal. Starting from just $12.95 per month, there's so much your child can learn right from your own home. And just for listeners of Minimalish, Little Passports is offering 15% off the price of any subscription. That means your child could be flying rockets or looking through a microscope in no time. Use offer code MINIMALISH at checkout for 15% off your order. That's MINIMALISH at littlepassports.com. I also want to take a minute to thank Feels. Do you experience stress, have anxiety, or chronic pain? Or maybe you have trouble sleeping once or twice a week? You are not alone. 
And right now, we are living through a time when many of us are experiencing stress and anxiety, maybe more than usual. Personally, I struggle with anxiety, and I am grateful that I discovered Feels. It's a premium CBD that's delivered directly to your doorstep. Feels helps naturally reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. The thing to remember with CBD is that finding your right dose is important. So leave room to experiment over the course of a week or so. You may need to take more or less to get the effects that you're after. But what I love about Feels is that if you're new to CBD, they have support for you. They offer a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. And I have loved talking with them and hearing their passion behind helping people through these issues like anxiety and getting guidance on using CBD effectively. There's no high or hangover or addiction with CBD. It's just a natural way to combat these things like anxiety, stress, chronic pain, and sleeplessness. So you can join the Feels community and get Feels delivered straight to your door every month. You'll save on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. You could try Feels today by going to feels.com slash minimalist and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash minimalist with a T to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash minimalist. All right, friend, let's get back to today's episode. So I, I would love to hear more about that. Just like through your research, what you've found that are some of the common pressures? I know you cover these in your book, but what are some of the common pressures that our kids are undergoing? So that anyone who's listening that might have, you know, middle schoolers, teenagers, this might open some of our eyes to, okay, well, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize they were dealing with all of this. So what are some Mm -hmm. of those things that you've uncovered and how can we offer an acceptance through that? Probably the most common response, if I had to sum it up into you know, something concise would be that they feel unseen and unheard. So basically they feel like a lot of people don't see the amount of pain, the amount of stress, the, they don't, they aren't seen for who they are. It's for who their parents and, and some adults want them to be. So that was something I heard a lot. Um, I also heard a lot about the worry and the the um, the fear of like what is happening in the world that feels really scary. Um, what's going to happen to me when I go to school today? Uh, who is going to treat me poorly today? Who who is going to reject me today? That 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 worry that anxiety that keeps kids awake. They, they want adults to know that. Um, a lot of comments about, I just wish I could be a kid. I'm so overscheduled. I don't have any time to breathe. And then probably for the fourth, I would say there, there was a lot about, I put on a, I put on a brave face I act like everything's normal when I'm around people. And then when I get home, I cry in my room because I feel so alone and so sad. There's a lot of loneliness in our teens and they don't feel like they can talk to anyone about that. 
So those are some of the major stressors that I address in my book. And then I share how the role, how the three roles that I talked about, the truth teller, the encourager, and the guide help to respond because it's hard to know. It's like you listen to those stressors and you say, oh my goodness, this is terrifying. You know, what? how do I handle this? And my my journey has been a very small step journey. I believe in the power of small steps, small changes, little things that we can do in our responses that create this idea that you are welcome to come as you are. You are welcome to be who you are and I am a safe haven. And that's what our kids, I feel like if you could do one thing to be a safe haven for your child, for your teenager, to be that person who says, nothing that you can do will disappoint me because I love you for who you are, not what you do. And if you stumble and if you make a mistake, I believe that you can get through it. I believe we're human. We're, we're supposed to make mistakes. That We're learning. We're trying. You can trust me. You can come to me. Having, having a calm reaction to the things that our kids and our teenagers will tell us, it takes practice, you know. But the more that we can work on being that steady in a world that feels so unsteady, being that steady, being that refuge, that's, that would be the best gift that we can give our kids. And we start with ourselves. You can't give what you don't have. And that's why my book is not just about how do we support our teens and our kids, but how do we support ourselves? How do we let ourselves show up as we are and continue to love ourselves unconditionally and that takes some healing but I can tell you from my own life and my own testimony that it's possible and and readers will read that book and they'll be relieved because I have to share some of my worst most shameful moments because I can't just say well here's the good news this is what you can do I had to start from square one and this is where I was this is what I tried, and this is the result. And that can be you too. This, is, this healing journey is open to all of us. I really appreciated and appreciate that about the book. I'm going through it now. And just seeing how transparent you are and how honest you are, it really makes it real. It makes it seem, mm-hmm. okay, this is possible to, mm-hmm. to undergo this change within myself and also, you know, to what to make sure that it transfers over and I'm able to either strengthen relationships with my kids that are that already may be good or or to mend relationships that might be a bit broken. What would you say, I know you talked a little bit about how this has to happen in ourselves first. Um, As we kind of wrap up our conversation on this, what are some practical steps that we can take to maybe even just begin that work of of self-acceptance or whatever that might look like? As I mentioned, I love to write when I was eight, and that's, that was kind of my model for how, how do I get back to that place where I felt true joy, I felt alive, I felt 
like there was no expectation. And so in one of the most desolate times in my life, when I was literally trying to escape from my life, from my home, I had a flashback to a moment in the grass when I was eight with my bare feet, with the sun on my face, feeling like I was made for a divine purpose. And what did I love to do more than anything when I was eight is write in notebooks. And so here I was 30 years later, feeling like my life was so far from what I ever hoped it would be. And I was so far from the mom that I wanted to be and the person I wanted to be. I said, how can I get back? And that's when I started writing. I hadn't written in like 30 years and I started writing again. And in the book, I talk about how important it is to find these places of refuge, these places where you can breathe easy, where you there's no expectations, that place where you feel like you come alive. And it's, it's what I talked about, what's what I talk about when I go into classrooms and I talk about their dreamer inside them. Tell me what makes your dreamer come alive. And those kids tell me the things they love to do, the things that they feel give them really peace and purpose. And there's not enough time often to do those things. So one of the first suggestions that I would say to anyone who's listening is tap into your place of refuge. Even if that means going back to, to your childhood and thinking, gosh, when was the last time I really felt joyful and I felt alive and at peace? What was I doing? What did I smell? What did I see? And how can you recreate that in your own life? And for my daughter, Avery, at age seven, it was making a music room for her, a little room where she could go with her guitar and her notebook and she could just write. And I was not standing over her critiquing her. This was not play your guitar so then you can go and entertain people. This was not play your guitar so then you can make a team or, a, or be in a band. It was go play your guitar so you can feel at peace. Let your kids have something that is not going to be graded or evaluated. Um, it's just for them. But in the meanwhile, find your own place of peace, your own refuge, and show your family what you're doing. You don't need to feel guilty when you say, I am taking X amount of minutes to tend to my emotional well-being by doing something that I love. And that is XYZ, whatever it is. That is beautiful modeling and it is healing. We cannot live our life on maxed out, completely spread thin. We have to fill our cup and we... Show our kids, how do you fill your cup? And you never know when filling that, their cup becomes their path to purpose. My daughter, Avery, is 13. Now she is 
creating this beautiful album of songs she's written that she wants to share so other people don't feel alone, so other people can breathe in their day when they listen. That is what happens when you step back and you let your child lead and show you what fulfills them is it becomes, like I said, a pathway to purpose and meaning in their life. I don't have to tell her to practice her guitar. She does it because it fulfills her. So let your kids find that place. Such a beautiful way to start this journey is the refuge. It's in the first chapter of my book for a reason. And it, and it really spells it out about how to, how to go about that and what kind of things you can say to yourself, what kind of things you can say to your child to cultivate this environment of acceptance. Because that's what you're really doing here. You're, you are saying, I accept you as you are. Tell me who you are. I'm going to lean into that. I'm not going to tell you who I think you need to be. I'm going to listen to you telling me who you are. That is tremendous a tremendous way to connect with your child. And it's a beautiful start to this journey. I love that. And I think that alone is just something that whether you're a parent or not, that's something that everyone can take and, and become better through, through finding that and just become more at peace even. And I'm so thankful that, that you shared that as the first step because it is, it's, I don't know, it's freeing and it's beautiful. Yeah. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. And I'm just so grateful that we got to talk about all of this. I can't wait to share it. I know that it's going to bring, bring peace to a lot of people. And I will link links to everywhere anyone can find and follow along with you in the show notes. Um, but before we go, I have two questions that I ask every guest and it could just be Quick answers. So the first one is, what is something that you're simplifying right now? Um, so we're in the quarantine uh, <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. And as you all can probably relate, there, there's a lot of learning going on. You know, we're all learning to navigate this very new normal. Um, and my, my daughter's are very, very self-sufficient, um, and they're learning things with their, their online school, how, how's that, that's working, and I'm operating from a new place as well with launching a book when a lot of the avenues that we normally use to launch a book are not available, and my husband's working from home, and he's not usually here, so it's all just a lot of learning, and so simplifying in in my world right now just just really is reminding myself that when you're in a period of adjustment don't expect yourself to do the same level of productivity that you did when you're not learning when you're not adjusting um because you can't expect when all this is being thrown at you to do the same level of output or level of quality, you know, I feel, I feel for parents of younger kids who they're trying to do their work, their job, and they're also trying to help their kids with school. And so if that's something that applies to you, I just commend you and just say, lower the bar. Don't expect 
yourself to be able to do all these things perfectly or even 50%. We're learning, we're doing the best we can, and just let that be your message of simplification for now. Yeah, that's so true. I've definitely lowered the bar for myself Good. and much needed, much Good. needed. It is. It's such an interesting and, and crazy time yes. to be alive. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then my last question is, what is something that you can't stop talking about right now? Um, so I'm going to give you two things because I couldn't decide when you told me you're going to ask me these questions. I was like, <laughs> these are so fun too. I love these questions. But, um, so in, in the quarantine, we have decided like, we literally don't know what we would do without our cats because our cats are just suddenly like the highlight of the day. It's like, <laughs> what did Banjo do today? What did Paisley do today? And my 16-year-old especially loves to talk about the cats with me. So every day we're exchanging stories and pictures, like if we see something they're doing. So we, what are we talking about right now? We are talking about the cats and <laughs> animals and how much joy they bring to our lives. And then I'm also talking a lot about the live concerts that all of my favorite musicians are doing, you know, with their, the fact they can't be touring. That means they're going on, Facebook and Instagram live and they're doing these concerts in their living room. And so I just get super excited because I have just a few, a handful of people that I just, oh, I just love. And when they announce that they're going to do a concert, I am just like, oh, I'm, I'm so there, you know, so that that's bringing me a lot of joy. And I try to tell people like, oh, you know, Matt Carney is one of my favorite um, artists. I'm like, Matt Carney is going to be singing. Everybody get on there. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, live music. That's, that's a big joy in my life right now. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's great how people are like giving their gifts freely yes. right now in a time when, when it is scary in the world. Well, thank you so, so much. I've loved talking to you and um, I'm just so grateful for the work that you do. And I, I know that this is going to bless so many people listening right now. Oh, well, I sure appreciate this wonderful conversation and this chance to share about Live Love Now. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If it encouraged you in any way, I want to encourage you to share it with a friend or share it on Instagram, share it with people that it might encourage in the same way that it has encouraged you. I know that this episode, I almost said encouraging again, which I've basically said a hundred times already in this outro, but that's what it was for me. And it especially helped me look at this idea of creating space in my life for something that truly matters to me, something that fills me up. It helped me look at it in a different light. I already think that that's really important and I talk about that a lot, but it helped me see it as a way of making an example for our children and being a safe place for them by being able to connect to who we truly are and what we truly love to do. We in turn make ourselves more able to connect with our children because we are being ourselves and we are making space for who we truly are. I love the connection that Rachel makes between these things. And with that said, that is all I have for today's episode. Episode. I am so grateful that you are here 
that you're listening in. And I hope to see you right back here again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.